You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. And good morning or afternoon, whatever the case may be. You are here live with Dr. Jeff Weber, your host here on Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff, Pet Life Radio's only live call-in show. And we're here for you. We're here for your pets. We're here to answer questions. We're here to do anything, talk about anything you want. Have a good time. Uh, you can always get a hold of us. Just give us a call at 877-385-8882. If you want to join in, you want to talk to us about anything, ask some questions. Once again, 877-385-8882. Uh, I want to thank our sponsors for uh, having allowing me to be here, Kong Veterinary Products and ProSense Pet Products, Comfortis, Trifexis, and, of course, Save This Life Microchips. And um, we are... Here today, we have, a, we have a very special guest, a guest that I've known of. Actually, we've never met, but I've known of him for many, many years. And there's a lot of people out there that claim to be behaviorists, and frighteningly so. Uh, many of them have no credentials and no science or art in the world of animal behavior. Unfortunately, there are a few of them out there that have a lot of notoriety. And I think <laughs> according to some of the behaviorists and veterinary behaviorists that I know and speak with, some of these people have sort of set animal behavior back, oh, maybe 20 years. Uh, old techniques, not understanding the essence of the animal's behavior, not studying it scientifically, not having the education to do so. And quite frankly, it's very frustrating for those of us that understand pets better. And our special guest is a, um, a former professor at University of British Columbia out in uh, Vancouver, the other part of the North America, as they say. Uh, they like to call it the better part. And I have to tell you, I was in Vancouver last year doing a media event for one of the big food companies. We were uh, you know, talking about nutrition. And I have to say, Vancouver is really great. So uh, I can see why he feels that way. He is a PhD, a doctor of science, a Dr. Stanley Corrin. Stanley, welcome. And um, one of the things that really attracted me to have you on is that I have this reputation. I, I often joke that I get more tongue than anybody I know. <laughs> and I have literally, I can walk out in my waiting room and I have dogs and I'm not talking just little dogs. I'm talking 75, 80 pound retrievers that will run up to me. They will literally try to jump in my arms and they will start crawling up my legs so I can cradle them like a baby. And they love it. I have five dogs and they also, if I, it's like they can't get close enough. And when I read that you had done some scientific work on hugging and that dogs don't like to be hugged. And I'm thinking, I said, wait a second. Then you haven't seen the dogs that I work with because the dogs I work love to be hugged. They, they, even if I'm not in the mood, one of my uh, dogs, one of, we have currently, over the last couple of nights, we have seven because my son's out of town and I have his Frenchie and his English Bulldog. And his Frenchie is even more loving than my Frenchies. I have two. And he gets in the bed. Of course, we have a very large bed. We need it with five pets. And he will jump up on me, on my chest. And he just like, when I put my arms around him, cradle him, he's going nowhere. This is exactly what he wanted. So let's talk about how this whole study came about and how this conclusion came about and what factors you actually looked at. I'm so intrigued by this because it's, it's, it's a bit contrary to what I've experience except with, and this is what I want to talk about, when, you know, I do a lot of rescue work and a lot of shelter dogs and a lot of rescue dogs. These dogs, when I heard the body positions that you look for and look at and the facial expression and the ears, 
I said, oh, my God, this guy's got it right because that's exactly what I see with some of these dogs. So at what point does hugging become not only acceptable but actually desired? And at what point do dogs try to avoid it? So welcome, Dr. Stanley Corrin. Stanley, how are you? Glad to be here. Let me set a context for this uh, work which I did. I was attending a dog de-stress day at a local university here. And these are becoming really much more popular around North America. This is where during final exam periods, dogs will be brought onto campus, sometimes therapy dogs, but sometimes just, you know, friendly family dogs, so that the kids between exams uh, or before exams can, can stop and, you know, pet the dogs and get a little bit of interaction. Uh, there's lots and lots of evidence which shows that petting a friendly dog produces a massive relief of stress. So your breathing becomes more regular, your uh, blood pressure goes down. We know now that um, some of the stress hormones, the corticosteroids uh, in the blood are reduced and that kind of thing. So they're instant Prozac. Anyway, so I was uh, there with two of my dogs and a little student ran over to my puppy and gave him a big hug. Now, my puppy at that point was about uh, six months of age, and puppies are very tolerant about just about anything uh, that you do to them. But immediately, he gave a stress yawn, and he broke off eye contact, and his ears slicked back. And these are signs of stress. And what flashed across my head at that point is the fact that most of the bite prevention programs tell people don't hug the dog. And they're doing this based on a couple of studies which are outcome studies. It's where people get bitten in the face by the dog. And in almost all of those cases, the person was either hugging the dog or was kissing the dog or that sort of thing. The guess by the researchers was that it was simply that the face was in close proximity and therefore was an easy target, if you will. But nobody had ever asked what's going on with a dog when they're being hugged. And there are reasons to expect that dogs would not like to be hugged because they are what are called cursorial animals, which is just a technical way of saying that they're built for speed and their adaptation, if you will, if they're in any sort of trouble, is to run away. That's their first line of defense. And when you are hugging the dog... You're basically building a corral with your hands to lock the dog in place. So way down there in the old evolutionary portion of the dog's brain is something which is saying, oh, my God, you know, if if this goes south, I can't get away from here. So I figured to myself that the stress signs in dogs are very easy to read. They include things like a stress yawn, the ears go down, there's a whole bunch of eye factors, uh, there's something which we call the half moon eye where you can see sort of the, the white of the sclera of the eye or the eyes will partially close. There's lip licking or if your face is closed, they will actually lick at your face and that's a puppy stress response. And so, you know, we could see all those kinds of responses if we had photographs. So all I needed was a big stack of photographs of people hugging their dogs and I could see whether or not they were showing any stress signs. Well, it turns out that all you have to do is to type into Flickr or Google image search the words 
hug dog or love dog and you get this infinite scroll of pictures of people hugging their dogs. And so what we did was we took the first 250 scorable responses or scorable pictures and we were pretty careful about the pictures which we took. We decided to make sure that the dog's face was visible because obviously that is necessary to see the uh, responses and we eliminated any pictures where there might be another reason why the dog would be showing some sort of stress uh, like somebody trying to lift up a Labrador retriever off the ground or that sort of thing and the results which we got were just astonishing in their power. We found that nearly 82% of the photos the dogs showed at least one stress sign. In 8% of the photos, the dogs seemed quite happy and actually showed signs of being comfortable. And the remaining 10-11% were either neutral or had nothing scorable in them. So that means that four out of five dogs who were being hugged were showing a stress sign. I mean, the internet is basically full of pictures of happy people hugging unhappy dogs now some people have said well wait a minute wait a minute wait you know you know i love my dog and my dog likes to cuddle with me and that sort of thing and we're not saying don't love the dog we're saying don't hug the dog dogs do like physical contact and so if you pet them if you let them lean up against you and you just take one arm and you sort of pet them, they still have room to run. But when you lock them in that hug, the dog is not happy and is not feeling comfortable. It's not necessary to hug the dog. I mean, you can pet them, you can fondle them, and they also respond to voice, the same kind of voice which mothers use for their kids. We, we call it motherese, that little high-pitched thing with lots of repetition and a sing-song thing. So it would go something like, oh, what a good dog you are. Yes, you're such a good dog. You are, you are, you are. I mean, that's sort of the doggy equivalent of what we're doing to our kids. Dogs seem to adore that. And their tails will go wagging and that sort of thing. And, of course, you can also reach into your pocket and give them a treat. I mean, dogs are always up for that. <laughs> true. Now, now, one of the things which bothered me, I suppose, most about this was – you know, the people who were posting the photos, which I used as my data, were people who were clearly trying to show that there was an affectionate bond between them and their dogs. And what this really shows is that they're not reading the stress signs in the dogs. So they make the presumption that since we like being hugged, I mean, there's one side, clinical psychologist which says, you know, to break through a person's depression, they just have to be hugged eight times a day, you know, that the dogs like it just as well. I normally don't follow any press coverage on my work, but I was interested in the uh, election campaign going on in the States, and so I was channel surfing, and somebody had picked up on this particular piece of research, and they decided to do sort of a man-in-the-street kind of a, 
a look at how people were responding to this. This was actually sort of a dog in the park. And so the reporter had come up to a woman who was sitting on a bench with a little Bichon frieze. And the reporter said, well, there's this research which says that dogs don't like to be hugged. And the woman is saying, oh, no, my dog really loves being hugged. And she's hugging the dog. And the dog is struggling like mad, trying to get away. I mean, so, you know, even something as obvious as that, we tend to override what we're seeing, what we're sensing, because in our minds, a hug is a good thing. We're going to break here for our half of the way through the show break. Don't go away. I have some questions for you and maybe some other factors that might be contributing to some of your results. Because as I said, I I know the results and the expressions and the behaviors that you're speaking of because I see it. But I also see uh, maybe I'm just have been lucky with all my years and my patients (laughs) getting that 8%. But anyway, when we come back, we'll talk about it. Maybe get your feedback. Don't go away. We'll be right here. Ask that with Dr. Jeff. If you have any comments or questions, if you would like to chime in and ask Dr. Korn some questions about this study, give us a call at 877-385-8882. We'd love to hear from you. We'll be back in a minute. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. It's hard to find time for your furry family member. That's where Camp Bow Wow comes in. All-day play and overnight camp. Daycare and boarding for dogs. Everything is included. Large play areas for fun and exercise. Spacious cabins, comfy cots, even live camper cams to watch from a computer or smartphone. Camp Bow Wow offers the best care and is the place to go where a dog can be a dog. For locations and more information, visit CampBowWow.com. We mature, handsome types need a little special attention. Does your dog suffer from joint and arthritis pain? Deteriorating muscle and joint problems are very common in aging dogs. It's easy to alleviate your dog's discomfort at home with ProSense. ProSense joint care products can help make your dog's life as pain-free as possible, providing effective relief for flare-ups and also lubricate and strengthen damaged cartilage. ProSense products are veterinary formulated and recommended to ensure the very best for your pet. Try ProSense today. Your dog will thank you for it. Pets love life. Love them back with ProSense. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome back. You are here live with Dr. Jeff Werber, your host here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vet with Dr. Jeff. And we're here today, very, very fortunate to have a very special guest, Dr. Stanley Corrin, 
who is a um, professor emeritus, University of British Columbia, up Vancouver Way, an animal behaviorist. I don't know. Did you get your degree in ethology or just I'm a psychologist? <laughs> and a psychologist. Oh my God! So yeah. so very very impressive and doing a lot of studies with animal behavior. And um, he published a study on hugging and how a vast majority, 82% of dogs in pictures that were reviewed actually were showing signs of stress by being hugged. The reason being that this, the inability for that flight or fight response, and you know, as, as we know from nature, from an evolutionary standpoint, dogs that were going to be prey to some other animal had to get away. And if they're being confined, if they're being hugged, they may not be able to do so. And that creates some stress response. So my questions were, oh, by the way, if you have any questions for Dr. Corin, please give us a call at 877-385-8882. My you know, question, because my experiences have been different, again, with my own dogs, and just some of the other factors. And for example, I do a lot of media, and often I will take one of my many dogs on to a show with me as a guest. Now, we're talking the same dog that in bed at night cannot get close enough, that literally is sleeping up on top of me, in between my legs, in between me and my wife. I mean, they are just, they're they're part of the family, right? And they love to cuddle and they love to hug. Yet, when I bring them onto a set where there's some strange people, there's cameras, there's noise, there are things, totally a different dog. I can rarely get him to do the same things that, that he does at home. He's much more cautious. And in a case like that, I believe, yes, if he could get away, he would. So if I tried to hug him at that time, he would try to get away. So when reviewing these, you know, the pictures, I often wondered who else was in the picture. Was the person taking the picture the real parent, meaning the, the alpha in the house, and the dog is looking to say, get me away from this person hugging me because I want to be with you? Or in a place like the Bichon in the park, some stranger comes up with a camera and wants to take a picture and this dog is saying, no, mom, you know, I love you, mom. And if we were in the living room right now, I'd be all over you, but not with this strange dude right here with the camera in his hand. So I wonder how many of their of external factors might have come into play with some of these pictures to, if you said it was 50-50, oh, I'd be right there with you. But to think that maybe I've been that lucky over the years with many of my patients and my own personal pets that just seem to love that kind of contact, and they don't seem to object. Even if I try to to stop hugging them, they're they're nudging their nose back into my arm saying, no, no, you got to put your arm back over around me. So what do you think of some of the other possibilities that one could look for when evaluating whether or not this was a good hugging circumstance? The first thing is that uh, I would have preferred if we could have used videos as our data because then we could get to see much more of the context. In a, in a still photograph, you get a photograph and you get a snapshot in time. But there simply aren't enough of those for us to use as a data bank. Some people suggested, well, maybe it was just the presence of the camera. Well, that doesn't work because, you know, if you type in dog, you'll see tons of pictures of quite happy dogs and they you know clearly have a camera pointing at them so it's not just the presence of the camera involved we don't know of course what the relationship is between the person and the and the dog in our particular data set and we don't know uh, much about the we don't know anything about the history of of these dogs the important thing here is if we say that you know 8% of the dogs like being hugged and another 10 11% so one out of every five dogs is either neutral about being hugged or or likes it you know it's very easy to see 
where these dogs might have come from. I mean, dogs which are extensively handled when they're puppies and they're well socialized and that sort of thing are much more likely to be the dogs who are going to come up and seek out your affection and at least tolerate it when if your arms close around them. Again, you know, the dogs like being touched. So if you're just doing this sort of thing with the dog, you know what a good dog you are. Or if you're letting the dog lean up against you, so you have one arm sort of loosely around them, that's not a hug. And dogs do tend to like that kind of thing. You know, one of the things, if we were going to spin this out as a full-blown study, we'd also like to look at breed differences because there are lots and lots of differences among the various dog breeds in terms of the degree of affection which they which they want. I'll give you an example. Do you know where the word spaniel comes from in uh, terms of dog breeds? Espanol comes from Spain. It's from Espanol. And you know that most dog breeds are named either after the person who invented the the breed, like the Doberman or the Jack Russell or that sort of thing, or after the place. So we have the English Bulldog and the French Bulldog and so on. Newfoundland, the Ray Travers. That's right. Well, it turns out that none of these dogs... Uh, None of these dogs, which we call the Spaniels, was invented in Spain. So why do we name them Spaniels? Well, we name them Spaniels because at the time when these breeds were being created, it was believed that the best lovers in the world came from Spain. And therefore, these kissy-faced dogs, regardless of the true history, must have come from Spain. So there are breed differences in it. And, you know, at one point in time, as just a diversion, we built a list of sort of mottos for the various breeds of dogs. You know, for some dogs, like the motto for the uh, Golden Retriever was, you got a face, I got a tongue, we can work something else. And so, obviously, some dogs are going to be much more affectionate than others. We don't have a breakdown on this sort of thing. But, you know, a lot of the dogs which were being hugged would have been dogs which fell into the sort of popular breeds like uh, the Spaniels and the uh, Retrievers and that sort of thing. You know, it's interesting because I, I know I do a lot of rescue work and I work with a number of pit bull rescues. And I know just in general, some of these dogs aren't as trusting. And I think you're 100% right that when you have a dog that you've raised and has been raised since a puppy and well socialized and part of that socialization was hugging and it became a positive thing. And then now the association with hugging is often positive. Because now they get to be with you, you hug them, and they're, they're you know, before you, you bring them from outside into the inside, you, you pick them up, you give them a hug. And now this the old Pavlovian response of the association is that, oh, my God, I'm being hugged. Something good is going to happen. I'm going to get eat. I'm going to get to go, you know, crawl into bed with you. So even if I don't like it, I'm going to tolerate it because I know what's coming. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, and, and I think that that kind of socialization and those sorts of behavioral patterns can be built into any dog. But the problem here is, as I said, we're building a confinement around the dog with our arms. If I had entitled the article that dogs don't like to be confined, nobody would be, you know, astonished. Correct. Okay, and so, and I think the problem is that people don't recognize that you're actually confining the dog when you're doing that sort of standard hug. And by the way, you know, as I said, the dog bite prevention people have been 
concerned about hugging for a long time. Uh, a few years back, a kid's book came out, and it was called Smooch Your Pooch. Okay, And the main thing about this book was that it advocated that you should hug your dog at any opportunity you get or kiss your dog or whatever else. And the American Veterinary Behavior Society was so appalled by this that they actually put out a press release which said, don't buy this book. You're setting your kids up for bites. So, right. you know, it's not just me. It's, it's just that, that I happen to produce the data which says that the reason that you shouldn't do this is because it stresses the dog. And I could see it, too, as I said, that, you know, many times and many of the huggers out there that probably claim, wait a second, what is this guy talking about? They don't hug the way you're talking about hugging. I mean, he's both arms around the dog where he can't get away. They might have one arm around the shoulder and, you know, petting it and giving a big, you know, little smooch. But like you said, the dog still sees their escape route if they need it. And by your definition of hugging, that wouldn't qualify as a hug. That's right. So, That's right. So therefore, if you really, and again, I'm going to look at it differently now. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, test it. But I have to tell you, I, I see a lot of dogs and they love, they love to. And I said, but I also agree, you know, there's something about the eye to eye contact, especially with a strange dog, where that can be perceived as a threat. And it's very important that, you know, our cognizant of that. And if you, you know, case in point, um, I'm sure you've heard of it if you haven't seen it, that news story of the newscaster on the air with a pit bull that was rescued. And she was giving it a smooch, just like you said, putting her face into its face. And with all the things going on and the cameras and the crew and the excitement. And guess what? Live TV, this dog literally grabbed her at the face. <laughs> and, uh, oh, God, it was all over the Internet. And, uh, I, you know, I mean, look, I, I've been doing this for this is my 33rd year of practice. And I've only been bitten like three times. So I think my numbers are pretty good. And I work with a lot of aggressive dogs. I think it's truly understanding dogs, understanding what you can get away with, what they tolerate, knowing your dog. I think that's critical. And if you don't know your dog, don't assume the things. Be extra cautious. Don't don't be too cavalier when it comes to it. Pardon the, the, the pun when we're talking about spaniels. But just understand that if you're not sure, don't take the chance. I think that's the safest way to go because, and I agree, Stanley, that you know, people People that think they know what they're doing with a dog and overdo it are basically setting themselves up for some kind of failure, i.e. a bite. Anyway, our time is up. It goes very quickly. I want to thank you so much for joining me. It did even help me. I know I'm going to actually look at things differently now when we talk about my hugging my patients and, um, <laughs> uh, and see really what we can get away with and not. Thanks again to our sponsors, to ProSense, Save This Life, Microchip, Comfortus, Trifexus, and, of course, Kong Veterinary Products. Uh, we will be back next week. I believe I have another special guest next week. So uh, looking forward to seeing you all. Have a wonderful July 4th tomorrow. Uh, have fun. Be safe. Watch those firecrackers. And if your dogs freak out, think about uh, maybe something called Cilio, something out there that will help calm them um, and uh, keep them away from danger. Have a great day. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.